all right what's up guys this is the organic guy and welcome to organic view this is one of those segments that i get to give an organic perspective to some of uh the contemporary issues of the day and today i'm very very excited about this topic because it's one of those topics that we don't spend a lot of time to talk about and i want us to focus on the politics of organic farming all right and uh it's one of those topics people don't really think about and especially most of us don't like to talk about it to our friends and even to our families and uh, when we talk about the organic sector it's important that we understand who are these people who are pushing uh, for organic all right what are their beliefs what are their values how do they think society should be run for example so by understanding what their views and what their beliefs are it helps us understand also helps us um, be able to relate with them for one way or another so um, today's topic is about we're trying to find to find out who are organic food advocates are they democrats or are they republicans so this basically follows um, we all know that uh, the united states of america just uh finished their elections uh, it happened on november 3rd of course and uh, did you guys actually know there were over 1200 candidates who were running to be president of the united states but uh surprise surprise we only knew most of us i must say only knew that there were only two candidates um who are running to be president of the United States. But let's face it, there were only two candidates who were probably going to be president of the United States. And uh, that was, of course, a Democrat in the name of uh, Joe Biden and a Republican in the name of Donald Trump. And um, as far as we know, and according to the New York Times, Joe Biden is uh, reading the ticket and he's actually over the 270 electoral votes that are required to become president of the United States. He has over 300 electoral votes, 306 electoral votes to be exact, to Donald Trump's 232 electoral votes. So as you can see, and uh, how most of the times the electoral move map tends to go in the middle, uh, most of it tends to be Republican, right? And uh, in the West Coast and the East Coast is mostly Democrat. And... Uh, Whoever flips the Midwest states tends to win the presidency. And uh, that is exactly what um, Joe Biden managed to do. So anyway, who are Democrats and who are Republicans? What do they believe in? What are their values? All right. So that is some of the questions that we need to answer first before we even go to organic farming and try to dig deep whether this people lie or where do these people come from who are always advocating for organic food products um to be sort of mainstream right so and uh as we can see here i'd like to use this picture of um the political spectrum this is according to hans Einsek. and um the farther you go to the right you tend to move to a fascist state and the farther left you go you tend to move into a communist state so most political parties are always in the center 
for example, Republicans are center-right of this political spectrum, and Democrats tend to be center-left of this political spectrum. Um, in Britain also, it's the same case. Conservatives are center-right of this political spectrum. Labour Party is sort of center-left of this political sp spectrum. Same thing to Canada, same thing to Australia, although Liberal Party tends to be center-right and the Labour Party seems to be center-left. So as you can see, this political the spectrum sort of gives an idea of where different political parties uh, usually lie, right? So, of course, we have fringe parties who are to the extreme end of either side of the left or to the right, but generally, most political parties tend to be in the center. So anyway, what do these political parties believe in? Okay, what do Democrats and Republicans believe in? Let's go through some of the important issues first. On economic ideas, Democrats tend to favor minimum wage and uh, progressive taxations, aka the higher tax rates for higher income brackets. And Republicans generally tend to believe that taxes shouldn't be increased for everyone, in including the wealthy, and wages should be set by the free market. On social and human ideas, how do Democrats view it? They view it based on a community and social responsibility point of view, where Democrats tend to base it on individual rights and justice. Stances on military issues. I think here both political parties tend to increase spending for the military, but generally uh, Democrats tend to decrease spending and uh, Republicans tend to increase spending of the military. How about gay issues? Democrats tend to support uh, gay issues, I say most, because there's some Democrats who disagree. And uh, same case to Republicans. Most of them oppose gay marriages, but we have, of course, some of them who agree. Stances on abortion. Most Democrats do believe that Roe vs. Wade should remain legal. As to Democrats, as to Republicans, most of them do believe that it should be illegal. What about stances on taxes? Progressive taxes. They think that higher income earners should be taxed higher. Those are Democrats and Republicans tend to favor a flat tax, okay, regarding of your income. How about regulations? Democrats tend to believe that government regulations are needed to protect consumers, while Republicans tend to think that regulation actually hinder the free market and uh, jobs growth. How about healthcare? Okay, Democrats tend to support universal healthcare with a strong support of government. While Republicans tend to believe that private companies can provide healthcare services more efficiently than government-run um, programs, right? So we see that these are two political parties with absolutely two different ideals, two different values, and different visions of how a country should run. So how can possibly these two groups of people, you know, be on the same page when it regards to organic. All right, so let's have a look. For example, we have the right winger here, Mr. Alex Jones, who is highly regarded as a, a right winger, the king of conspiracy theories. But if you go to his website, actually, he is a very huge advocate of organic farming and organic products. So in fact, I found 
this quote from his website very very interesting to read because it generally encompasses um, some of the original beliefs that the founders of the organic movement had in mind for example i quote from his website he says when a farmer practices organic agriculture pests and weed control are definitely part of the puzzle but nourishing the soil and feeding and building up essential soil flora and fauna are the most important things farmers can do the reason for this are that if you nourish the soil well it builds a fungal web and also increases the hard of soil organisms that breaks down the middle into sizes that plants can absorb healthy soils means healthy plants and healthy plants rarely need pesticides and herbicides even natural alternatives so you can see he is literally embedded on the principles on the values that the founders of the organic movement the albert Howard, um had in mind when they were building the organic movement well you might say ah that is his employee writing on his website doesn't probably believe that but it's written on his website so definitely he has a say of what's going on in um, his website so on the left side of the political aisle of course we have the great the famous alexandria ocasio cortez who is uh, one of the co-sponsors of the green new deal and we all do know that the green new deal tend to favor more of agroecological practices organic farming regenerative farming carbon farming and um, you know they tend to be big on uh, organic farming in general so for example on uh, uh, on her support for the green new deal tends to support a lot about carbon farming and generally organic farming tend to better reduce uh, reduce the use of co2 generally so and of course we the organic sector really did have a big and huge bump uh back in uh 20 the to- 2028 when uh, michelle obama created an organic garden in the white house okay what better marketing campaign can you really really have rather than having the first lady of the united states advocating for organic gardens it doesn't get bigger than this it doesn't get better than this in terms of marketing for the organic industry right so we are seeing both democrats and republicans supporting organic movement so the question remains how is this possible these two people have different visions of how society should be able to to be run but they tend to agree on this one thing on organic farming so for us to better understand this we have to understand the history of organic farming and personally i don't think there's any better book to better lay this out really uh, than organic farming and international history which is edited by locorates it's a very very great book and why is it important to understand the history of organic movement because it helps you understand the principles that said that set the organic movement moving it also helps you actually to predict what's going to happen based on uh, the ideals that the founders had in mind so the organic movement largely started in uh, the 1920s of course we do know that and uh, this was a reaction really uh, towards the crisis the agricultural movement was facing in uh, 
the mid-1930s, in between the First and the Second World War. So there was a crisis and there was problems. And one of the major problems we had was that soil was heavily, heavily degraded. And the quality of the produce that was being produced by the industrial agricultural movement was actually poor. Okay, people knew that as consumers uh, knew that the kind of food that they were getting was not of great quality. And also, from the rural perspective and from the formal perspective, there was a decay of rural uh, social life and traditions. So, as a result of these problems, we see uh, two groups of people with different solutions. So, we have one group of scientists, agricultural scientists, who believe that these problems are as a result of the chemical intensification of organic farming. And the other side looks at them and says, no, that is not what it is. <laughs> okay. We see these problems, but we think that the solution to these problems is actually the intensification of agriculture. Okay. So from the scientific community, we see that we have different views of how we should go about solving these problems. And this results to creation of two different views of what agriculture of what path should agriculture take so one view of agricultural scientists say that the best path that we should be able to take is to understand the basic concept of soil fertility so we should focus on the community of soil organisms and we should understand the dynamics of soil organic matter and the relationship between plant roots and soil and understand the concept of soil fertility and we should be able to recommend feeding the soil organism first okay when we feed the soil organism then we feed the soil itself then the soil feeds the plant and the plant produces healthy food for both of us and the animals so we have this group of scientists who believe that way and the other side we have a group of scientists who believe that is not the best path to take and they create a vision for the agriculture uh, system also. And so for them, they think that the best path to be able for us to move forward is to use more agriculture, more um, industrialized systems. So this one will be able to produce more produce and as a result, we have more organic matter in the soils. Okay, so same problems, two different solutions, two different visions of solutions that should be taken. Of course, we have one side which says that organic farming, intensification of farming by the use of biological and ecological means. And the other side says that we have to intensify through the use of chemical and mineral fertilizers. So as a result, also from the scientific community, we see also consumers worried from their end because they worried the food is actually not as good as it used to be. The quality of food that they used to get is not as good as it, as it used to be. So the food did not stay fresh. The food was tasteless and the vegetables and the food that they were receiving were full of residue pesticides and toxic chemicals. And on the other side, in terms of the producers themselves, they saw their social life and the economical situation in the countryside was getting worse. Right, The mechanization of agriculture had meant that their food produce was not competitive in the market. And because of the results of 
great import of agricultural product. So this meant the farmers was, were not receiving good returns for the investments. So this meant that farmers actually needed to abandon uh, agriculture and move to city centers. So we are seeing how these forces are aligning themselves. Okay, On one hand, we have scientists who have different visions for agriculture. On the other side, we have consumers who are not satisfied with the quality of the food that they are getting. And we have producers also who are worried by their way of life, by their way of living. So from the consumer's perspective, they had one idea. And the, the, one, the first idea that they have, they call themselves the life reform and food reform movement. So the first idea was, was that they were disfranchised. They didn't feel as they were part of the industrialization, the urbanization, the growing dominance of uh, technology in the modern world. So they called for a natural way of living. So they called for um, eating more vegetarian diets, physical training, a lot of natural medicine and going back to their land. But what we see here happening is that most of these consumers don't actually keep their word as very few members of the life reform movement dares to move back to settle and start working as farmers. Okay, And on the other hand also, we see producers. And from the right side of the political spectrum, we see uh, a lot of people worried about the disturbance between the urban centers and the rural land and a loss of national self-sufficiency in food and the vanishing of small and medium-sized farms. So as a result of uh, these differences, we see um, a lot of pioneers, especially in Britain, being given a space, being given a platform to publish their ideas and their values on the right-wing journal, the New English Weekly. So here, um, the, the, the right-wing media sort of sympathizes with the beginning of the organic movement as they see it as a solution to some of these problems that um, they were facing. Yeah? So, and then as this one grows, as the organic movement the, continues to grow, the industrial movement sort of faces um, a blow to you know, their developments. And uh, we see the release of uh, The Silent Spring by Rachel Carson, which really hit the industrial movement uh, to the core and hit straight to their core. And um, especially her work, uh, which launched a global movement against the misuse of pesticides and uh, which created a new public awareness of the great dangers of pesticides. So this one also gave a great, great boost for the organic movement. So just to recap where we are at the moment. So we see a crisis in the agricultural sector in the 1930s, in between the First World War and the Second World War. And number two, we see agricultural scientists disagreeing on some of these problems that they were facing on what's the, the best path to take. One group of scientists think that the best way is to nourish the soils so that they can produce and give better plants and so that it can be able to give us better food for us and the animals. The other scientists believe no, the best part is to provide the soils with the nutrients that they require aka nitrogen, potassium and phosphorus, right? So these are the things that we need 
to provide the soil with and as a result it will give us more organic matter which in return we can put in the soil okay and then secondly we see consumers not satisfied with what they were getting in the market and what they do is they form a back to land resource movement and they want to go back to the land and uh, they can be able to do farming themselves because the food that they were getting is not of great great quality and we see most of them do not go back as they were complaining about and the third we see consumers also worried because their way of life was highly highly being disturbed and the economics of farming was becoming very hard for them to compete on the market so all these forces combined with the release of um, silent spring by rachel carson sort of makes a very good pot as steers a good pot for the organic movement to develop okay now that we have understood how this history has developed how can we be able to combine with the politics of it and the best i found this great great paper uh, which has been published by the university of california very very great uh, published um just uh, after the 2008 elections which was uh, between Barack Obama and uh, Joe McCain it really really goes deep to understanding what are the political affiliations of organic farmers and organic consumers so and as we can see here the map always remains the same but here's an interesting quote that i got and uh, it sort of shows the development and the bipartisanness of um, the organic movement so we see the first organic food production acts being uh, passed in 1990 under the first bush uh, administration and the first proposed organic rule being published in 97 by the clinton administration and the first and uh, finally uh, the rule being implemented in 2002 by w bush so you can see they are a section of people in the political sphere sort of have a good tone a good taste uh, for the organic movement so this is the map of uh, barack obama and uh, john mccain as you can see the red area in the midst is always like that and then the east coast and the west coast and then whoever wins the midwest tends to win the elections okay it's very very simple so what really caught my eye was this quote uh, by an Iowa based independent organic inspector who says in a quote some observers suspect that the right leaning contingency is in fact outweighs the left organic farming is conservative small time rural farmers making food for white liberal yuppie and hippie types okay so that for me it's very very interesting quote it sort of connects to the history and to what we um just gone through the history of uh, the organic movement so we see a lot of consumers being dissatisfied by the quality of food that they're getting in the cities but they form sort of an idea of wanting to move back to the land but they sort of don't okay so and then in the rural areas we have a lot of farmers who feel this disfranchised with the highly intensified agricultural system and the mechanized agricultural system because it deals a blow to their social life to their social fabric and to the economic system uh, of of the way they live 
So we have that sort of um, contrast in there. And then just to confirm that, you can see uh, in uh, most Democrats, of course, Democrat-run states uh, in areas like uh, Vermont, for example, and uh, San Francisco in the Berry area, most of them tend to be Democrat organic farmers. And also as we move uh, towards the areas like Texas, which is a red state, and uh, central and the northern Texas and southern uh, Idaho, parts of Montana, northern and central Kentucky, western New York, tend to have a lot of organic farms in the process, right? So, and also one of uh, the great sensations of uh, the organic movement uh, in YouTube, of course, Joel Salatin of Polyface Farms uh, of uh, in Western uh, in Southwest Virginia, I must say, uh, is a self-described Christian libertarian environmentalist capitalist. And this sort of shows you and gives you a picture on um, where most of the farmers tend to lie. Uh, so far, we can actually establish that most organic producers tend to be conservative. Most, I say, because there are some organic producers who are Democrat and who are liberal in their leanings. And uh, this sort of helps us lead into the way uh, of how these different groups of people sort of think. So as you can see, the history of the organic movement sort of shows us how it has developed over the years. And uh, it gives us a hint of how different people are likely to lean or to um, have their political affiliations move into. So these two groups of people, Democrats and Republicans, what are what brings them together? All right. So in this particular short area, it seems there are two major things that brings both organic farmers who are Democrats and Republicans together. One is a sense of independence, okay, based on their relative reliance on external inputs and their freedom from corporate dictates. So, as of course we can see very clearly, the early uh, organic farmers didn't respond well to the highly industrialized and uh, heavily external input-based farming. So they wanted a sort of independence. They wanted to be highly... Um, moved and caved into this particular kind of model. And number two, of course, is their sense of humility based on the fragility of farming with large ecological and economic systems because these organic farmers understand that it is not an easy journey to be an organic farmer. So most of the time you tend to be humble on uh, your activities. So having said that, how do these two groups of people approach problems? Okay, number one, Democrats, when faced with problems, tend to favor or tend to look for government for solutions. So most organic farmers who are Democrats, when they have problems and we have solutions, tend to look for government for solutions. And then number two, for Republicans, when they have problems, they don't, they don't tend to look for government. So they view government and corporations as the same corrupt category. So they sort of tend to look for answers between themselves and between the community. So 
they have very low trust for the government as well as corporations but democrat uh, organic farmers tend to favor the government as uh, to provide them solutions so i really really hope so far you're following this story very well and the reason why we had to go through the history of the organic movement is because it has given us a perspective of where different people lie and what is the history behind it and as you can see this sort of understanding that history helps you know or um, help you predict how people are going to align themselves and and as we can see most organic farmers tend to be conservatives why because we see in the early years most of them had a huge district for these two groups of people of the chemical uh, highly intensified agriculture movement and as we can see most um, organic consumers tend to be liberal in the early years in the early years as we've seen of uh, the organic movement most organic consumers in the city were dissatisfied with the kind of quality uh, food that they were getting so they sort of saw organic farming as an alternative as an alternative for providing the kind of quality food that um, they were looking for and in terms of solutions we do see that uh, democrat organic farmers tend to look for government while for republican organic farmers don't trust the government and so do the corporations so ladies and gentlemen where do you lie in this particular scale do you consume organic foods in the first place and if yes what side do you consider yourself to be are you more of a republican or a democrat okay let me know in the comments below and uh if you like this content make sure you share it make sure you like and of course make sure you subscribe and uh, share it with someone you think might be interested because there is a lot of great great content coming on your way and uh, until next time ladies and gentlemen remember to be organic <laughs>